live. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Forever Rugby on Forever Sports. It's a Thursday evening, which means you know what it means. It is the fan forum time. And uh, joining me tonight, we have Riza and Carl. Carl, it's been a while since we've seen you on the channel. And uh, hopefully, we'll also be able to bring in Chris, who's having a couple of technical difficulties. But I'm hoping by the end of the, the, the session, we will be um, a four-person team. Uh, which is which is going to be very exciting. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, yeah, we'll keep trying to bring in Chris, and uh, then uh, we'll, we'll we'll hopefully be able to really get stuck in tonight. So first of all, before anything else, a big shout out to Betcoza, uh, who are powering this stream. They are the official betting partners of uh, Free of Sports. And if you would like to win big with Betcoza, then go and check out the description for the link. Go and sign up. We're going to be giving away free bets the entire weekend. Um, and so, but you actually actually have to have a Betcoza account to be able to receive that bet that that free bet. So, so please go and actually sign up because there are far too many people who are winning free bets, and we're trying to send you three hundred rands worth of free bets, and they don't have an account. And uh, yeah, it's all a bit of a waste, isn't it? If you've got a free bet and you don't, well, if you win a free bet and you can't use it because you don't have an account. So, uh, yeah, chaps, <coughs> how are we? Not too bad. Um, bunged up a bit as it is frigid here in Edinburgh, but I'm alive. Yeah, you you got three degrees. We've got thirty degrees. So so very different problems, I think, that we're having. Reza, how are you support? How are you surviving the heat? Yeah, no, struggling a little bit. Um, different setup today. Got a little bit of air blowing through the back here, and trying to trying to not sweat so much. But you know, a little bit stress free this weekend. We got a little lions win out of the bus, which we'll talk about. So I'm a happy boy. Yeah, and 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 for the record, um, I a week ago I did call it. I, I said the Lions could win. Okay. And win. Wow. And, I don't know about um, call it. You, you maybe go at back best... and watch. Go back and watch. Yeah, and maybe said, at best you were just like, oh, let's just pull the heels. I just said, I away. said they're going to do it, and they did it. So I'll not take any slander here. I nailed it. And on my Friday show, I also said they were going to win. I even called it. So yeah, at the end of the day, you want predictions? This is the man to speak to right in terms of the, the the show coming up we're going to do a weekend review we're going to talk about the urc the sharks lost to the stormers what it means the return of rks name last week and Apple fastly signing a new contract today what is a good idea was it not a good idea we're just talking about that we're going to be doing a bit of a six nations preview italy versus wales england versus france scotland versus ireland uh we're going to be hopefully bringing in a bet coza betting segment um, and that is with if we can get Chris on, yeah, he's going to bring a, go through the, a couple of the bets. If not, we'll still go look at the sports book and uh, look at some of the bets that are out there and what and the bookies are saying on some of the main matches. I'm going to wrap up with a carry cup preview, um, which does get away this underway tomorrow, in fact, um, and uh, quite a blockbuster carry cup weekend to get underway. Let's we'll discuss a little bit about what the carry cup means uh, for South African rugby and. Uh, yeah, just sort of what the what the future of South rugby is in in terms of bringing the Curry Cup in and stuff. But uh, let's start with the URC, shall we? I mean, a very interesting weekend. Uh, first of all, the Sharks lost to the Stormers. The Stormers uh, pretty much dominated the Sharks and then decided to just stop playing rugby and allow the Sharks to come back. But uh, Carl, we'll go to you first as a Sharks fan. Another loss, and all of a sudden, I mean, people. I mean, somebody the other day was. I think the commentator was saying, you know, oh, this loss means that you know top four is is looking unlikely. I've been saying for a couple of weeks now that top four is the least two worries. I think top eight could potentially be a bit of a struggle for you guys. Uh, my well, my frustration with the Sharks is just we don't have a like we don't have a second team that can compete at all, um, and it's just it's quite depressing to watch. We have some very good individuals, but as a team, they just don't work. Well, that's well the thing, you, you can't you can't you can't complain about a lack of personnel. Because pound for no. pound for pound for pound, you look at like the Lions squad, for example, your second team is probably a better player per player team, but they're just not jelling on the park. Mm. 
it's it, it's annoying and i i I'm hoping that I didn't know about this whole John Plumtree thing until this, this morning when you guys were talking about it. So I'm very much hoping he's coming back. Yeah, although I think that I think that the problems um, will stem a little bit further than uh, just the the coach issues. But Reza, did you, did you get to watch the match? What was your sort of take? I mean, as I said, the Stormers looked very comfortable, but then also really did their best to try and throw it away. But at the end of the day, they did wrap up the SA conference and once again the best team in South Africa by quite some distance. Yeah, I think um, well deserved by the Stormers. Um, I I must be honest. When when URC started and, and the Stormers' dominance started to show through, I was surprised. To be honest, I thought it would be a little bit more competitive than this. Um, but credits to them. I mean, they seem to have got it together. They've um, come through the ashes of what was a really dismal financial position uh, not so long ago, and got it right. And it seems that the Sharks. Uh, I said this last week as well. Just don't seem to know what to do with their money. Um, and don't seem to know how to implement. So, yeah, I think they've got a lot of work to do. I, I do think they'll probably get their top eight. I think that they'll um, comfortably slide in. Uh, maybe a bit of a bogey, especially against um, fellow SA teams. Um, but yeah, I think we're all we're all at a loss. We're still at a loss as to why they've got such a strong team on paper and can't seem to pull it together. Yeah, and. and Funny how different the approaches are when you've got the Stormers who are backing youngsters, backing players, fringe players, really, in, in South African rugby. The likes of Achiva Diamani, discarded by the Lions. Marnie Liebach, discarded by the Sharks. Uh, you know, Clayton Blomikis, who had to, you know, move from the Cheetahs. Billy Engelberg, moved from the Cheetahs. Junior Pocket Miller. So many players who, Evan Ruiz even, who wasn't getting game time. And they've and they've gone and found unidentified talent. Um, and they've gone and almost, for me, what's been quite cool, it's almost a little bit like a box approach when they've said, right, this is how we want to play. And they've identified players they need to be able to implement that system. And uh, they've gotten it right. Whereas I feel like the Sharks, there's no identity in terms of how we're going to play the game. This is what we want to do. This is our structure. This is our game plan. Right. Who can we get to implement this? They've kind of gone, well, you know, the Lions had a really... The Lions, two best players were Carly Sardi and, uh, and Vince Tuka. They were really good. So we're going to bring them in. And of course, we have to. We need a hooker. So we're going to bring in the Springbok hooker. And right. we, need, we, need a, we need a lock. So who better than to get Emily Edsabeth? And you kind of sit there wondering... Has there been much of a of a plan in terms of the profile of player as a as a player rather than the profile of player in terms of their their you know not even their fame but their you know the, the caliber of player rather than the type of player they are. Um, so these are yeah, the, the two approaches. I mean, one one obviously working, one not working. How do you think the Sharks can find that balance to get that right? Um, well, I think they've already started it. Obviously, the big news coming out is the head hunting of John Plumtree, um, and yeah. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see whether that where that came from. Was it a, a true, well, let's see how John's been doing lately and his other structures and his other teams um, over the years gone past and, and we like what he's doing? Or is it a nostalgia thing and they know that he'll fit into the structures, fit into the culture, um, and then take it from there? So I think there's, for me, a huge surprise to bring John back. Um, very successful as a Sharks coach, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, like we said, there's currently not a structure in place, um, and certainly they are bringing players into a structure that they haven't set. So hopefully they bring John in if they get it right, um, which I believe they have. Correct. Well, um, nothing, nothing, nothing confirmed at this stage, but uh, rumor, yeah. and also rumors, and there's also a bit, couple of rumors about what role whether he's going to come back as the head coach or whether he's going to come back and mm. uh, in, in the sort of forwards coach role. Which I, I think would probably be a better idea. I still think that Neil Powell can do a job down there. I think he's I mean he's been in the job for six months and he's supposed to be the director of rugby. So right. I think now he's gonna have a bit more sort of say over 
what things are going to try. Um, but I mean, I, I also I look at that forward pack and think that's been for me that's been really letting them down in the last two weeks. They were bullied by Ulster and they and they then they didn't manage to, to pitch up against Stormers either. So I think even just as forwards coach, I think hopefully he could do a lot with a pack which on paper is 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 silly. Sikkim was in Noches on the bench. You got Carly Sardi who's now apparently leaving to the top four team, but he's been coming off the bench the entire season. Insukatunu is is coming off the bench. It's a it's a it's a stacked forward pack that is not dominating teams. Yeah, I, I, I guess I, I, I still wonder, is, he, is his best role to come back as a forwards coach? Um, I know he's done it before for other teams. Of course, he left the, the Sharks to go to an assistant role. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of personality in one room, a lot of winners in one room. Um, and one has to wonder if you can actually do that. Um, in this day and age, Neil Powell's a proven winner, and, and so is John Plumtree. Will, will they be able to work cohesively? Carl, would you back would you back Plumtree coming in into that thing as a as a as an assistant, or do you think he has to be the main man? I mean, he was. I, I well, I remember him being the head coach, and it was whenever we were, let's say, losing at halftime and clearly not playing well, the team would then come out and play very well after being basically shat on to death at the halftime talk by Plumtree. Um, he did well at the Canes as an assistant coach um, during that time, and I think. At that point, he, he he certainly improved how they were playing, and they did. They went on and run for quite a while of being a really really good side. That still still are, but they're struggling a bit more now. Um, it does for me. It does ring a bit of a okay. We need your reaction like Wales. Let's get Gatlin back because he'll turn this around. And I'm like, uh, that's working. Um, I don't I don't know. I think. My problem with the Sharks at the moment, and it's because of the way the new competitions have been introduced and with the um, European European Cup, is that we seem to have two squads and one squad includes all the Springboks and one doesn't. And the problem is they're constantly brought in as a whole thing to play one game and then they're taken out again. And that's not helpful to the other part of the squad at all. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think, yeah, again, some, 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 some people coming back sometimes work, and some people, yeah, they do come back, and things just, just don't, um, don't go back as, as, as well as it were. Let's move on to some brighter things. Uh, the Lions and 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 myself and Riza <laughs> drank many, many a happy drink last week Saturday after that victory. Um, and look, I mean, I think the Bulls, it must be said, didn't play particularly well, but I think the Lions played with a bit of belief and a bit of sort of never say die attitude but I think it was also like it was a team that kind of just threw caution to the wind and said you know what we actually don't have anything to lose here we've been poor for the last couple of weeks stuff it let's just let's just have a go and I mean I thought Sinead and Humble was absolutely terrific um, but I think it was a Lions team playing without fear and they've always been their best when they play without fear but Reese, what was your sort of take on that on that game yeah thanks uh, absolutely um, special shout out for Nahamba I'm sure we'll talk about him plenty um today and in the weeks to come um but the like you said there was an identity crisis i think um very similar to the sharks um happening at the lions and rion mentioned it last week and i fully agree with him in that they are better playing to their full potential when they're having that free-flowing game um and it's an identity that they've grown over the past couple of years and of course it's gone horribly wrong at times where they can put 50 points and also receive 60. um but the point being is that it's a model that they've worked with, something that they can build on, um, and they're never they're never going to be the um, the the thirteen point team. 
And I think if they can if they can get some confidence from this, um, a little bit of excitement, some individual performances as well, to just lift the mood, um, they can build on this, definitely. It's a very positive performance um, against a very strong Bulls side, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, from strength to strength and onwards and upwards. Yeah, Carl, did you manage to watch the game and, and watch rugby as it should be played? I I didn't manage to watch that game. I was quite surprised when I saw the result, though, but happy for it because it, it, it helps the Sharks in a way. So we need all the help we can get at this point. Yeah, fair enough. Well, you yeah, know, it's we're, we're, we're for the balls. Yeah, well, I think there, there again, you know, you know, you're a bit like the Sharks. You're kind of expecting them to be able to get through, but... Um, they're, they're just in such a bad run of form. Um, and if they don't, if they once a little about the Sharks, if they, they, need, they need to be a bit cautious because if they do slip up a little bit, then they could be in a bit of pro- trouble um, in that top eight. So, yeah, look, obviously, that you know, a couple of, you know, I think they both basically need two more wins. So they can find two more wins, and yeah. you kind of think two out of, I think, there's four games remaining. Um, Three. Three games remaining. Yeah, yeah, last week was four. Then you know we should have been able to. Then we should be able to get the job done. But um, yeah, I think I think that if 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 they lose another game, for example, and they're sitting there, both of them staring down at the fact that they've got you know to win two out of, out of the last two, then I think they could be in a bit of trouble. I think they are both going to really benefit from the break, or they have to come off the break. But I think um, you know the Sharks not missing their spring box has been massive. The Bulls, however, only get two players back. But hopefully a break will be able to give them, you know, a couple of uh, weeks to, yeah, maybe you know, give some players at the chance of the Curry Cup stuff like that, which we're going to talk about in a bit. Um, but uh, I just, I I just I, give a, a little special shout out to Sabu and Corsi for mm. what has been a really strong return. Um, yeah, fantastic to see him back in the park <coughs> and I'm loving every second. Of it. And uh, yeah, I think big things coming up for him in the next year. Yeah, and, and and so good just to see us scoring and stuff like that. Interesting enough, you know, we saw today that it was announced that the um, Springbok squad will be announced on the eighth of August for the World Cup, and you know, he's one player who has technically not—he's not been dropped. You know, he was never been—he was never dropped from the box. Um, so, is he still part of the the World Cup plans? For example, you know, that I mean, last year, and the, and the reason I mentioned the fact that he wasn't ever blocked, blocked dropped, was that last year when they spoke about. You know, we've got players injured and we've got players unavailable. They always mentioned, you know, we don't have Spoon Corsi, like they don't have Rakhias Neyman. So last year, he did still seem yeah. to be on the on the Bark radar. Um, interesting to see if that's changed now with the emergence of, of Kurt Lawrence and Kane and Moody, who's you know, both training with the box. But I'll tell you what, I like Kane and Moody a lot. Um, I like Kurt Lawrence a lot. When Spoon Corsi is playing his best rugby, I think he is the best wing and currently playing in the country. You know, I think that we saw that performance he put in in that, um, that semi-final back in 2019 against Wales. And um, when he's on song, I think there are there are a few players who, who keep him out of that side. So, yeah, interesting to see how he goes in the next couple of months. But I think also a really cool template for how to deal with, with, a, with a situation like that. Um, you know, a player who is struggling, needs to take time away. And instead of sort of, you know, punishing for him for it and you know, stuff, just to say what, well, let's, let's take the time, let's actually get it right and come back, and he looks like he's in a much better head, head space, and yeah, I think that's us, I think it's a nice, we, we've seen it a couple of times with a couple of players, you know, Ben Stokes as well, players who've actually followed the pressure, walked away and come back a lot better, and I hope that, I think this has been another sort of success story about that, so hopefully we'll see a bit more of that 
uh, into sort of the future and stuff like that. We're busy trying to bring in Chris, although I'm not sure if we can we can hear him. Um, I think things are, are still a little bit um, sketchy on the on the technological side. Um, Chris, I don't know if you can hear us. I don't think we can hear you, unfortunately. No, it's not looking good. Okay, well, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep trying this. But in, in the meantime, uh, we're going to have a look at the sports book for the weekend, uh, the Betcoza sports book, who, as I said, are our uh, betting partners. And uh, maybe uh, Chris can send us a couple of, of, uh, of bets that he's maybe looking out for on on, uh, on our group and stuff like that, and we can share what... Because uh, we... I'm mean, going to tell you what, at the end of the day, if you want to lose money, you can listen to what I'm going to do. Um, so don't listen to what I'm going to do. Although, although if you had backed the Lions last week, um, like I, like I did, you would you could have. I actually would have loved to have known what those odds were if, if we if we had gone back a week and and looked at them. Um, so um, I'm now seeing a bit of audio here from Chris. So let's see if we can actually try and bring him in. Um, no, I'm, I'm just sharing. I'm just sharing. It sounds like he's on an airplane. Um, Right, but just in terms of the sports book for the weekend, let's have a look, shall we? And and, and look at some of the um, some of the games and stuff like that. Right, and uh, and just so this is what uh, the tomorrow looks like. For example, um, as I said, we've got some Curry Cup action um, happening, and uh, tomorrow afternoon, which seemed quite cool, because taking on uh, the Cheaters. France, they've been named the team, by the way, for Springbok fans uh, that want to look out at and, and see what uh, is happening with France, Stains. Um, Fitness, so so that's I think very worth watching tomorrow. Literally purely from a is France day and playing good rugby and is he fit type of perspective. Uh, yes, as you can see, they um, pretty even in terms of what the bookies are reckoning. Free state at, at one point eight tweakers at one point nine five, uh, which I think is a bit harsh considering that you've got the cheetahs who are about to go and play in a Challenge Cup uh, last sixteen game, and the Greekers who haven't played a basic game of rugby since the the Curry Cup final last year. Uh, so yeah, I think it's it's. I'm interested to see that Greekers are being back so much, but uh, a couple of early games in the Super Rugby Pacific as well. Uh, for yeah, I'll be up for that. Uh, so Chiefs versus Highlanders there. Highlanders obviously being back to do the business. Rebels versus Waratahs. Waratahs being favoured despite being their wayside. side. Uh, I don't know how much uh, Super Rugby you guys have been watching. I've watched a couple of clips, but uh, just very quickly, maybe before we move on, what was the take on the Adi Sevier incident? I thought that was quite an interesting. It's been quite an interesting debate. What are we What are we saying about that? Oh, I'll let Carl have a go at this one first. <laughs> like, I get it. I get why they've done what they've done. I think it's a bit PC. I think it's 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 a bit too politically correct. Like, it, like is a player really going to get upset by seeing that being done to him? Um, but is, it, is it so much about the player or about the audience? What kids yeah. are seeing, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, I mean, obviously, World Rugby has to look at it from a... Uh, you know, holistic um, thing, but I mean, I don't know. Like you, you say, you can't do it during a game, but it's not like I mean, they did take away that exact kind of thing from the hucker. Yeah. So, so that's I my biggest thing. They well, have the people are like, yeah. oh, but it's in the hucker, and people are like, but it's not anymore. You know, like they have. Yeah, said, and and in that sense, it. yes, I get it. Really? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I I feel like perhaps the punishment is is slightly unnecessary. I think a lot of these things can be dealt with at. Um, not necessarily behind closed doors, but in, in a bit more of a, listen, we've had a talk, we've given him an educational program, but to, I mean, to punish a guy for, for a reactionary um, thing like that is a bit harsh. Um, I do think it's, it, it can't be allowed. Um, but yeah, that's my initial thoughts. I really don't think it needs to be much more than that. Um, 
And it's like you said, it's been taken out of the hucker. It's very clear to everyone that you're not allowed to do something like that. Um, a show of extreme violence or threats or anything of the sort. Um, and therefore, you know, it's it's part and parcel of the game. I'm sure Adi's not moaning about it too much. Um, and if he's not moaning, neither should we. Yeah, look, I mean, I think he's just got he's got a he's got a one match ban, so I don't think it's it's, it's anything too hectic. I also think it's 100 percent to do with the type of player. I mean, if if um, you know the, the the scrawny little scrum off does it to you, you're probably like meh. But if Adi Sevier does it to oh, you, no. I, I would I would no. be panicking. I must. I, I, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think I think I think, I think Fuff gets a five game ban for sure. No, 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 we're talking about New Zealand scrum off. No, no, no. Springboks are a whole different, a whole different thing. We know, we know what would happen if a Springbok did that. He wouldn't be playing in the World Cup. Oh yeah, um, oh, well, you know, yeah. I said I certainly wouldn't have been happy though watching watching Ice Fear doing. Yeah, probably, um, probably I just think... a bit of a pressure. Yeah, so I would sort of just jump in that. Uh, so those are the games tomorrow. A couple of uh, Six Nations under twenty action, and then Saturday, Super Saturday, as I'm calling it. Uh, there's a bit, of, a couple of uh, Premiership games: Exeter Chiefs versus uh, the the Falcons there. Uh, then we've got Super Rugby, the Fijian Drua versus Crusaders, who got off to a terrible start, but now looks a little bit bet, back to their best. Hurricanes up against Blues. Um, the Brumbies up against the Reds there. And the final game of the weekend is Western Force against Moana um, Pacifica. Uh, we've then got uh, Italy versus Wales, the first game of the Six Nations. We'll talk about the Six Nations in a little bit. Um, but uh, Italy... Interestingly enough, not being backed as the favourite, I think they're definitely the favourites walking into this, um, but not too much in it, to, to be perfectly honest. I mean, I think if you go look at the handicap, um, it'll be pretty low. Yeah, and the handicap sitting there uh, at, um, there, you know, 1.5. So, so not much in the handicap there, to, to be honest. Um, and then we've got, uh, back to Saturday, we've got um, England versus France. Uh, France being backed, England are at home, have made a couple of changes. We'll talk through those uh, those changes as well um, and uh, in a little bit. And then two Curry Cup matches, Sharks versus Griffins. Um, as you can imagine, Sharks being backed to do the business there. Uh, West Points versus Lions, not much in it either. And I think that's probably also a lot to do with the fact that teams haven't come out. Um, we've got no idea what sort of teams um, we're going to see in the Curry Cup. And we'll talk about that in a little bit as, um, as well. And then one game on Saturday, or on Sunday rather, uh, Scotland versus Ireland. Uh, I tell you what, I, I might I might take a cheeky punt on Scotland to be honest. Whether it's an outright winner or just just the handicap at, mm. at seven and a half, I think that this game could be closer. I think that, that Ireland have been playing so well, but a little bit like France is sort of like you know winning streak streaks are there to come to an end. So I do think that there could be a potential for um, for a bit of a slip up there. And we're going to talk a bit more now when we go through it, but. Uh, um, yeah, so that's kind of the book that we lo- we're looking at. There. Another Curry Cup game there, Pumas versus Bulls. Interesting that Pumas aren't really back despite being the defending Curry Cup champions. Um, so again, I think that'll all change tomorrow when we start to see some of the teams. Um, but let's talk about the Six Nations, shall we? Because it's quite an interesting weekend um, ahead. And um, let's sort of let's sort of, sort of go through the, sort of the games. Italy versus Wales. Now, it's a very interesting Welsh side being picked. A lot of big names being left out. No Dan Bigger, no Animan Jones in the 23, no Flauf being named on the bench, for example. So it's quite a strange uh, Welsh side. But um, it's, uh, it's weird. I was saying before we went on, on air, I said it's, it's, it's a weird friend, I mean, Welsh side in that I like almost every single player in the starting 20, in the 2015 and the 23. And yet I, I, the actual side doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. Um, but yeah, I mean, Carl, what do, you, what, do you, what, do you, what do you reckon? Italy versus Wales, do you, I mean, is this going to be Italy 2-0? in the Six Nations against Wales in two years? I mean, I really hope so. But my worry is that um, I think uh, Capuzzo's injured 
uh, and I wouldn't uh, be I wouldn't be surprised if that's that's why the bookies are backing Wales. Um, I think he's that important to their side. Um, Monty Iwan, is he back? No, I don't think so. No, nope, still not playing at the moment. Um... Uh, it, it, thing is, if 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 Wales lose a fly half, then I, yeah, Italy win, I reckon. But at the same time, like, I mean, I really hope Italy win. It'd be great if Italy win because I think Wales do need an, even more of a push to actually sort out rugby in their in their country. Um, I think it was um, oh, what's his name, the ex scrum off, uh, Matt Phillips, or what's his name, Phillips. Oh, yeah. Um, he was talking about basically how you know four of the five uh, club sides are bottom of the URC. Um, how just that you know the national side is basically stone dead last. Um, and that serious change needs to happen. And yes, it's it's done to a degree, um, but they I don't think they're going to see the benefits of that for a while. Um, but then again, them bringing in their youngsters and actually start like I think Alan Wynne Jones not being there is probably a good thing. Um, I also think bigger being out probably a good thing as well. Although they do need a reserve fly half. Um, it'll be an interesting game. I reckon it'll be close. Yeah, I, I, I think I think this Welsh look. I think Dan Bigger and Ellen Jones will be involved in the World Cup. I think that's that's all pretty pretty straightforward. So I think this I think this is now Warren Gatlin going right. I've got two games left. I actually have to see where my squad is. I actually have to see what I've got going into this World Cup. Um, I never backed the, the the not necessarily the appointment of Warren Gatlin, but I think that to fire Wayne Pivak in the timing and stuff like that. I think that they, that just took them out of the World Cup contention that automatically. And I think with all the behind scenes action as well. Hasn't already helped. They finally have signed a couple of resolutions, so it does look like they might be um, sort of moving into a bit of a better feature, uh, future. But uh, Rees, Italy have looked uh, very... I mean, it's, it's a really exciting Italian side to get behind. Some really cool players to to watch, and, and it's a city <coughs> side you kind of want to always do well. Um, yeah. It's, um, is this uh, Italy at home? Or, or Italy at home, well? yeah. Italy at home. Yeah. At home. Okay, so um, that changes my perspective a little bit. Um, I was actually banking on a Wales win, um, this weekend, if it was at home, um, but I think it's the margins are that tight that uh, a bit of a home crowd for Italy seals the deal for them. Um, yeah, I, I, for me, I'm, I'm so glad to see Alan Wynne Jones out of that team. Um, frankly, I don't think he should be making it to a World Cup. Um, I think it's actually ridiculous that he's been part of that conversation. Um, hey, man's got yeah. man's got to try to get to his 200 caps, dude. Don't don't be an enemy of progress. Well, you know, we, we had we had a very similar problem with John Smith for a long time, um, you know, where there was this milestone sort of barrier that everyone was rooting for um, at arguably at the cost of a couple of performances. Um, and now take that times it by 10 and you've got Alan Wynne Jones. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I wonder, I just wonder. Uh, there's pandering to the public and then there's this. It's, it, my my problem with him still being there is like he he will put in good performances and he I think he did last weekend I think he was like one of the actual good players but he's 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 costing Wales in the form of they're not producing or they're not in, they're not getting experience for their new locks who actually they don't have many so they really need to get them experience. Okay. I think that it's been a long time since I've looked at newcomers to to national teams and God, that is an absolutely horrid performance, truly shitty. Yeah, um, I agree. And, and I think that that kind of plays into the, 
We'll go, yeah, well, he's not playing terribly, but he's averaging, let's call it a five and a half, six to six and a half every game um, out of 10. And for me, like you said, you can have a new guy roll into the setup and pull off those performances relatively consistently, um, which makes me wonder what warrants his spot um, at that age. You know, um, Mornay Stain came and did it for us in the Lions series um, at his age. And he was, but I mean, he turned in eight, nine out of 10 performances. And I think that's what you need if you're going to keep someone in for that long. Um, the same thing with the front stain, um, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Mike Phillips, by the way, is, is who you were talking about earlier. That's it, yeah. Um, he was also an example of a player who was around a hell of a long time, but turning out crazy performances. So, mm. yeah, I, that's that's the basis for me and my prejudice, let's call it, um, against one of the Joneses. But, yeah, Italy win. Right, there you go. So. Well, I had, sorry, I had the same problem about 10 years ago-ish with um, England's persistence with Mike Tyndall when he was about 400 years old. <laughs> and I was like, Get for God's sake, stop. <laughs> right, so you're going Italy win. I'm going Italy win. Carl, you're going Italy or Wales win? Italy. Right, we're all backing Italy. Right, next game is England versus France. Right. This English side has, I thought against Italy, looked like they had taken maybe half a step forward. Um, and then against Wales, despite the victory, you know, rolled up the good old um, Bok game plan and, and played one of the most dire games of rugby we've seen in a long time. Owen Farrell's been dropped. Uh, Marcus has been backed next to Ollie Lawrence as well. Um, so, you know, proper uh, hard-hitting centre. It is Genj will captain the side for the first time. No Courtney Lord, which I think is obviously quite a big... Uh, loss uh, as an England <laughs> as, a, as an England fan, uh, is there a chance? Do you back yourselves, or do you think this is going to be pretty straightforward for the current Six Nations champions? I honestly think this is the best chance we have to win with Smith at ten and Lawrence at twelve. I think playing defensively against a team that breaks you down for fun is going to be a shit idea, and we're going to have to try and match them in speed and match them in attacking flair. It's how Scotland played against them. Uh, it, Ireland smoked them uh, towards the end. And I think playing conservatively against them would be a terrible idea. <clears throat> well, okay, fair enough. Breeze, uh, what do you reckon? Conservative or just uh, um, stick to what I, I, I would, I would, yeah. I think if they were able to pull off a Bok type uh, brick wall approach, sure. Um, whether they have that in the locker, Probably not. So, yeah, I would I would agree that the the expansive approach is probably the correct way. Fire with fire, um, and see if you can get on top of them. I, you know, I I still am not entirely sure that France believe they are as good as they play. Mm -hmm. um, and I think if you can get on top of them early, you're probably in with a good chance. So, held to leather from the first blow of the whistle, and um, they got a chance. Right, fair enough. Uh, so, Cal, where do you think the game is won and lost? Um, to be honest, my, my, I think my key matchup will be, um, Smith versus Intermac because Intermac had a shite game against it. Like I, Ireland. I've he been was very underwhelmed by him, to be honest. This yeah. I'm so surprised that, um, Jalibert has not started. Mm. I'm so surprised that like, and this is why I think if England can essentially rattle him and Smith can get firing through that, that, um, that channel with Lawrence, I think in England have a very good shout at the get beat wing this game. Uh, if they don't, they're probably going to get screwed. But um, I think England aren't playing badly when they're expansive. They're they're but they're. I think I think Smith coming in is a risk, but it's something we need. 
Um, I'd rather risk something and, you know, maybe lose, but in a very good performance than try be very boring and get screwed. Yeah, fair enough. I think maybe a bit of like a Lions approach, you know, nothing to lose, everything to gain, go and throw the ball around, see what happens. Um, yeah. you know, um, and in the last game, Scotland versus, um, Scotland versus where um, versus Ireland. Ireland. I think again. I think this could be a bit of a banana peel for Ireland. I think, and I think Ireland are actually quietly quite nervous because I think the Scotland side, whilst they haven't, you know, they're no longer, you know, they they lost to France. But I tell you what, that second half performance, they they outplayed France. It's this. It's the Scottish side that you love and you hate because I think it's the Scottish side that when they they turn up and they can turn up, you sit there going, shit, these guys can play. But they've mm. also got moments where you like this is like watching an amateur side. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting game. I think that's, you know, I think that if, if that Scotland pack can try and match the Irish pack, I do think that the, if the two backlines have to start uh, running at each other and have to start getting involved, I do think that if Finn, Ru- I think Finn Russell, Johnny Sexton, as we sort of expect to see, if it can't, I think a lot can come down to which of those two really pitch up. I think the center pairing is going to be a very interesting match. I think that's the exciting thing. I've looked at almost every single matchup in the, in the entire sort of twenty. Three or fifteen, and, and it excites me. But uh, Reese, uh, is this just going to be a walkover? Well, it's a pretty straightforward game for the for the current number ones. Or do you think um, Scotland do pose a genuine threat? To no, them? not at all. I, I do hope. I think that genuinely Scotland can come away with this. Um, I do think that they need to have the correct game plan in place. Um, and having looked at a lot of the punditry that's going around at the moment, and I would agree with most of it, is that I think this game is actually lost and won in the forwards. Um, I really do believe the guys that get the set-piece dominance, especially, um, will be the ones who come away with it because really exciting back lines for both. Um, and But, yeah, you, you've got to win those set-pieces and Scotland have been doing that really well and, and Ireland have got the return of Tad Furlong, I believe, um, uh-huh. which is a scary prospect for, for their scrums. Um, and, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting battle because I think Scotland are sitting best in line-out success um, and steals in the tournament. Um, yeah, I think up front is where it's won and lost and let those back lines easily run free if, you, if you're able to assert that dominance. Yeah, fair enough, Cal. Do you with that? Uh, yes, I don't... I, I would love Scotland to win. I really want them to because I don't think... I don't think um, if well if they don't win, I think Ireland get the Grand Slam. Um, but I I'm skeptical that they will, um, just because I think Ireland just are just that good. Um, even not playing to their best, they managed to sweep aside France. Um, and Scotland have a habit of shooting themselves in the foot, like they they tried to do against France, um, and France very much helped them by shooting themselves in the foot. Um, but again, still uh, let it let it slide. Um, I, I I'm definitely wanting Scotland to win, but uh, I don't know how optimistic I am about it. Yeah, I, I think to be fair, I think a lot of Scottish fans will be like that. They'll be like, well, the thing is, they'll go into that match knowing that they can win, but that's very mm. different to actually winning, you know. And and, and and some people say, oh, any team can win in the day, and I mean, no, it's not every team can win in the day. But I, I look at that side, and I do think that Scottish side have what it takes if they can put string together a decent passage of play to to get over the line. But I think I agree with um with Reese. I think it, I think it comes down to the packs and there's always been a little bit of worry about the about the, the Scottish pack and whether it can really sort of um, get onto the front foot and, and dominate proceeding stuff. Um, just before we're gonna go into our bet codes that recommended bets. 
Uh, Chris has sent us a couple of, 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 of nice bets for us to, to have a look at, and uh, so we'll go through that very shortly. Um, but uh, before we do that, chaps, the Curry Cup starts this weekend, and Carl, I know you're over in the UK, and you guys don't have nice things like the Curry Cup and Varsity Cup and things, um, but uh, <laughs> the Curry Cup's become a very hot topic in terms of its relevance within SA Rugby. Now, I did a live show on Tuesday, and I said there's two ways you can look at it. You can go the Jake White way, which is the Curry Cup is now watered down. It means nothing. We should retire it. We should just stop the competition. We should shelve it and basically, you know, mount it in the hallmarks of SA Rugby and, 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 and not have it anymore. Um, and I think the other attitude is on Dobson. And he said, look, at the end of the day, um, it is what it is. You know, rugby has progressed. It's things are new competitions. And he said, but the Curry Cup is a is still very important to us as a franchise, as a union. So, for example, he will be actually coaching the side himself. Well, their coaching staff will be will be doing the duties, not 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 passing off to a different coaching staff. And they're going to use it to really develop depth to give players that haven't been playing a chance and to try and use it to really become a feeder system. Rees, I mean, we've 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 grown up watching the Curry Cup. You know, loved watching the Curry. Some some great Curry Cups over the years. Some great finals. Watched some great players. Where are you with the Curry Cup? Do you think that it has lost all of its um, all of its magic, or uh, is is there still something there that that's that's, that's valuable to us? It's it's really sad because I, I don't want to see it go um, as a fan, and I'm pretty sure everyone around the world is, is probably with you on that. Because as rugby supporters, we are very nostalgic. Um, but I wonder how much the viewer actually means um, to to those involved in the Curry Cup. So John Dobson, had, like you said, it was talking about the internal structures and how important and pivotal it is to them to develop not only coaches, players, and so on. And it doesn't seem to me that he's too concerned about the viewership. Um, and so my, my worry is that I would hate for them to drag this on and for it to become a financial burden um, for no reason. However, if it's not becoming a financial burden, hell, if it even breaks even, um, I would say keep it around. Um, but is that sustainable? I'm not entirely sure. But if it's got some value to the unions, sure. Um, yeah, but as as long as it doesn't impact on the other areas. But as a product, I think it's it's dead in the water. Um, but we've got such a big player base. Um, as, as South Africans, we have the largest player base of professional rugby players in the world. Um, you have to wonder what does that do for the game, where do these players go? Do we see another exodus of young talents um, at an even lower grassroots level um, than we already are seeing? Yeah, I, I think I think at the end of the day, I think I think my frustration, I think I think I agree. I think the product, I think the magic of the curry has been lost. But I don't think it's it's as it's as simple as saying, well, you know, the answering box playing, therefore it's a shit competition. Um, and, and I'm having a lot of debates about it because I'm saying that you, because my biggest thing I said, look at the look at the Varsity Cup and how successful the Varsity Cup is, and how many people go to the Varsity Cup and look what it's doing for SA Rugby. And everybody turns around and says, no, but people just people people that watch the Varsity Cup don't watch it for the rugby. They just you know it's for it's a party and it's a good time. And yes, I think there's definitely a certain amount of that and of you know just well let's go watch rugby at the, and and drink beer and stuff like that. But I look at the amount of people watching school rugby. I mean, school sports, super sports schools exist almost primarily based on the school rugby following. I look at the Varsity Cup, I look at 40,000 people into Loftus watching Stormers versus Bulls and think that there's such a, a hunger for live sport and rugby in this country that surely we can still get the Curry Cup right even without maybe the best players playing. I mean, there are still plenty of good players. I mean, we've seen the Pumas go and win. I just think that there's just nobody that's really 
championing the curry cup there's no but there's no innovation with the curry cup there's no sort of how do we reinvigorate this this competition you know how do we what what can we add to the competition and how do we take it to the people at the moment it's just like this like the standard template everybody plays everybody home in a way you'll play at your normal stadiums there's the fixtures play and it's just there's no innovation there's no sort yeah. of I, I think that ties into the fact that the the product itself is is not poor, but it's being overtaken by other things. Um, and I think it's not just a problem with rugby products; it's a problem with global sports in general. That you and I, as consumers, um, and generally speaking, we consume more than one sport. Um, and right now, I could think of five different things that I want to watch this weekend. I'm not even going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, and of all of those, Curry Cup is nowhere on that list. Um, and so <clears throat> not only are they going to be competing against other rugby things, they're competing against other worldwide products that are just escalating um, at a rate that they simply just can't keep up with. We, we are never going to get their investment at that level um, with such little returns. Um, and so with that in mind, I, I do think that it's possibly dead in the water. If it's got value, it's going to have to be sort of like a Craven Week type vibe. It's, it's, it's a development program. For younger talent and it should be labeled as such um yeah that's that's where my head's at it's really sad but yeah varsity cup was a job i'd go watch a varsity cup game tomorrow yeah. and and carl yourself what i mean i know that as i said i mean i don't know how many carry cup games stuff i get you watch during your time <laughs> so the idea of it and, and but to be fair i think also maybe tying into this the pro d2 is is a very successful competition in france and i think has laid the platform for how the top 14 has become the best league in the world um, even the second tier in, in from the premiership, you know, the championship is, is a pretty reasonable product. So I, I think it can be done. I just think you need to be a bit creative about it. But uh, Carlson, any, any sort of uh, any thoughts on, on the Curry Cup and, and, and how to sort of reinvigorate it to make it relevant? Um, I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's, it's a really sad kind of state of affairs. And when I lived out there, I, I would religiously watch the Curry Cup. It was, it, was argue, it was my second favorite competition outside of Super Rugby. And... For me, I feel like South Africa leaving Super Rugby had a huge effect on it. Um, well, the scheduling obviously made, made, made a massive Yeah, the scheduling came. Um, and, I, I mean, I, I used to go to so many games, the Sharks games in the Curry Cup, and I loved it. I remember the, the final where we played the Bulls, and um, that was an amazing, amazing game. Um, we did also have the problem back then of, you know, Springboks would come back just for the finals, yeah. and the whole yeah. team changed, and it was like, okay, but fine. Uh, you'd still see most of the tournament with your pretty decent second team players. Like I remember watching Louis Ludic. I remember watching like Charles McLeod and when Rory Cockett was there. There were those like those curry cup like stalwarts, you know, those players who were on the bench during Super Rugby that, that, that could do a job and then got to curry cup. And, and, and they used to remember how people used to talk about the fact that, oh, they're a curry cup standard player. You know, there were certain players. I mean, I think somebody like... Um, but that wasn't bad. No, it wasn't. That it was just bad. like... I mean, it was almost like... Back then, that was amazing. Yeah, I mean, and even like the concept, like like somebody like, you know, like Ryan Konkowski, you know, who was like a Sharks hero, <sighs> was really good in the Super Rugby. It was, it was like a star in the Curry Cup, but never sort of translated that onto uh, onto onto sort of like the Springbok and the National Service. So I think that there was a lot of that um, back in the day. I just think that we've just got to do something different. Uh, you know, Pro D2 play games on a Thursday. There's, I think there's so many... At the end of the day, I would just like. I think it, for me, it just kind of sounds like they just they're just sort of throwing it out there because they have to. S rugby, and there's there's no sort of like 
I mean, I'd love to know, you know, what's who's the tournament committee? Is there a tournament committee? You know, is is there a group of people who sit around a table in, you know, just September, October, and they and they sit there going, right, how do we, what are we going to do for the Curry Cup? Or is it just really just, okay, well, somebody generates some fixtures. Let's tell the unions it's happening and Super Sport share the things. Please try and, you know, Super. I just, I just get the well, feeling that's kind of what's happening at the moment. That there's no real planning and and sort of. There's also just such a congested um, calendar. Where do you want them to fit it in? But I, I also feel like they're in a bit of a bind because the Curry Cup is the oldest rugby competition in the world. Yeah, so you can't. And that's it. one. He- that's one hell of a thing to either just be like, right, it's done, or to shelve it for a bit of time. Like it's just, it's it's a really difficult place to be because it used to be so good, and yes, it's dipped off. But how how in the current setup do they then revitalize it and it's it's a huge ask and it might take a couple of years of it feeling like it's worthless before they can figure out how to get it back what i think also the interesting point is, is we talk about the big player database i think that you know we've now we've got a very interesting i think the next world cup cycle is going to be very interesting because i think it's in, in next year i think that we'll start to actually get money from being part of the epcr and stuff like that and mm-hmm. if these unions can start retaining more and more players and we maybe see a, a much smaller player exodus, which is wishful thinking, then all of a sudden, you know, the quality of the URC goes up, but the quality of the Curry Cup inevitably goes up as well. Because you then, you know, if you're second tier players, you aren't playing for, you know, honestly, your swimmer players are still playing Curry Cup or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, then... Um, Obviously, that's that's also a, a major stepping stone. But yeah, I think at the moment we've got so many different competitions, and there just doesn't seem to be much thought about how to treat all of them individually and make them all sort of work. I, I must, I must you... also just be honest. Sorry, Carl. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I'll I mean, you. one thing that pops into my mind. I, I'm a little, as a Lions fan, for instance, I hate knowing that there are two different teams. Mm. There was one mm. thing when we had. Uh, Curry Cup, and we were like, okay, yeah, that's great. This is our Curry Cup team. We all know the box are coming back, but inevitably it's still one team. This is completely different. There's not a single box going to step on the field for this Curry Cup side. Well, that's that's going to be interesting because Jake White, who's obviously still like the Curry Cup thing, he was naming very strong sides last year in the Curry Cup. Uh, and, and many people saying that he got the balance wrong because he was. He was sometimes, you know, splitting, you know, and you'd had Ulrich Lowe playing a Curry Cup game. You had Morning Stain, who was like the. So I think it'll be interesting to see the approach they took because the Lions last year said, nap, carry cuts our juniors, and we had under 20, and we got absolutely hammered. It was embarrassing. Um, but I think also even John Dobson has said that I think you know he wants to almost create like just one massive squad and say, right, you know, this is how we're going to split. So I think that's also going to be... A, and I think maybe there's a bit of onus on, on, on unions to say, listen, we understand that you've got your URC committee stuff like that, but... If you guys, if you guys are seeing value in the Curry Cup, and this is going to be important for your development, you have to come to the party, and you've got to make sure that you are putting decent sides out, playing you, good rugby. You're asking you know. too much of a Sharks team that's too worried about, <laughs> you know, getting top eight. I, I just yeah. don't think they have the capacity to to think that far ahead um, when the immediate problem is simply promoting your competition that's the premier one at the moment. So you can't be doing dismally in that, and then. Sending Oaks back to to Curry Cup Schutztown. Um, excuse well, the language, but yeah. What do, What do you think about um, the idea of making the Curry Cup a more international um, competition? Well, they've done that with the second division, so they, they, they've introduced something called the Nzanzi Challenge, and they brought in. So it was quite it was quite controversial. They brought in a team from Israel, and then they canned the team from Israel and brought in a team from Mexico instead. So there's a Mexican team, a Spanish team, a 
Kenyan team, I think. Kenyan team. Yeah. Yeah, because I, I think I think doing that so would they are in the second I, division though of the carry cup. Yeah, too low down. I think they they could do it with the with the curry cup itself, and but get teams from like second division Argentina, uh, Argentina, and well, they won't be able to get an Italy side because Italy only have two, and they're both in the URC. Yeah. Um, but I think that at least might help keep it afloat for a li- at least a little bit until they know what to do with it. Yeah, well, I tell you what, we would watch J- Japanese sides. Um, Tongan sides, Fijian sides coming into the Curry Cup. I would love that. I'd, I'd watch that all day long. It'd be so creative. Yeah. Well, I think at the end of the day, we just need something. We just need something to change. We can't just just keep throwing up the same thing and expecting things to just fix themselves. So, please please sort it out. She's just trying a bit of innovation or something. And, and you can see, like, with uh, Super Rugby at the moment and seeing um, Fiji and Drua and um, uh, was it Moana Pacifica, whose kit I have to get because it's so cool. Um, I know they're not going to win many games, but God, they're entertaining to watch. And yeah. I will, like, I'll wake up at three in the morning to watch them get smashed by the Crusaders, but who cares because it's a really interesting and entertaining game. Oh, well, good to know someone's still watching Super Rugby. Yeah, um, I certainly I've, 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 I've never stopped while I work, but uh, there's Test Cricket tomorrow, so Super Rugby's taking a back seat. Um, but, Joe, I do want to sort of wrap up. So, I think at the end of the day, our message is to SRAB, just do something a bit different with the Carry Cup and, and try and sort it out because yeah. we all miss it. Yeah. Um, but just finishing off, our a bet, Koza, uh, bet that Chris has sent through for you guys to hopefully. Uh, go and win so once again uh, first of all obviously we cannot guarantee any of this uh, you put your money there you've done it yourself and we, and if you win we'll take the credit if you lose it wasn't us it wasn't our <laughs> fault um, but uh, so for tomorrow Chris is saying that he's in, he's liking Chiefs versus Highlanders at over 54.5 points that's at 1.45 odds and uh, for the Rebels versus uh, the Waratahs he's saying Rebels at 14.5 uh, for an over under alternative two way at 1.3 has a good look, and he said, if you, obviously, if you double those up, it'll be at 1.91. So that's to start off your weekend tomorrow. Uh, you can get that. And then Saturday, he is saying, back extra Chiefs to win. So clear result there. Um, over 42.5 between the Fijian Drua and the Crusaders, and over 44.5 Italy versus Welsh. Things also a very good shot. I think that will be a very high-scoring game. Um, and the treble odds on that is 2.84. So go and lock those in. Give it a shot. Give it a and see. And uh, yeah, next week we'll, we'll review and see if we if, if anybody won some money or lost some money. But uh, people, thank you very much for for jumping in. There's a couple of comments I wanted to get through. But um, yeah, it was just a very jam packed. Just uh, before we end off, guys, next week um, special guest Anton Taylor. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, looking forward to that. Should be should be good. Um, little Vasi Cup legend and. Commentated quite a few Super Rugby games, so yeah, good to get a nice, nice guest on there. Yeah, and hopefully that, yeah. and, and we'll make sure that we we sort uh, Chris's um, issues. Uh, so we will be telling you what his bets are in person next week as well. So mm-hmm. as always, a big shout out to Bet Coza for powering the show and powering the channel. Uh, in terms of watch longs this weekend, we'll be alive for Six Nations on Saturday with myself. Might have been do a couple of Carry Cup games over the weekend. Let's see what. Uh, um, the weekend holds for us, but uh, so, yeah, as I said, we'll see. We'll, we'll post schedules tomorrow, and you'll see all the streams as they come out tomorrow. Please do come join uh, myself and uh, Reza for the Stevie P show. Hopefully, um, it should be it should be good fun. We had a lot of fun last week with BK, who did have the down half a beer on the stream, and then he buckled. 
Uh, in fact, next week when he's back on, he has to down a full beer because he backed the Bulls to win. And wow. the, Lions, the Lions did the business. So that's going to be in, the, in next year's, next week's feature. But tomorrow, yeah, going to be some really cool things. We're going to be talking about uh, some of the weekend predictions. We're going to be doing uh, yeah, quick, quick fire predictions and the results. Um, some weird and wonderful sporting stories and just generally having a good time to get you started for the weekend. So should be fun. Gents, thanks for jumping on. And to everybody else, we will see you guys very soon.